This is Larry Zerner, Shelley from Friday 13th Part 3. You're on Nightmare Junkhead. Hey, genius, fuck you too. Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that always preferred chewing double mint gum. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're breaking out our finest dance moves as we make our way back to Camp Crystal Lake and provide a fan commentary track for Friday the 13th Part 4, the final chapter. <laughs> but, right? <laughs> or is it? <laughs> so this particular episode is being released on April 13th, <gasps> mm-hmm. which just so happens to be a Friday. Yes. The 13th. Uh-huh. Mm. There's going to be all over. It's going to be great. And as a horror fan, it's always nice when that happens. Yes. Because it's always an excuse to break out one of the greatest franchises. franchises of all time. And the great thing about this franchise, even this is a great franchise even for the normies. You know what I'm saying? Truly, truly. It's like when you say, okay, even for people who don't know horror, they know Jason Voorhees. And when there's serendipity, then why not break out the hockey masks and fuck shit up? So We're always happy to break the hockey mask out and uh-huh. mess some stuff up. And in this case, um, here uh, in the Kansas City area, if you're listening to this on the day it releases, mm-hmm. we are actually going to be hosting yes. a Friday the 13th triple feature. Uh-huh. The k, k, k and the ma, ma, ma. The three, three, three. It's going to be great. It, it's being great as you speak. It's fantastic. We're probably either showing one of the three movies. We're showing this one or Jason X or the under underappreciated remake. Which I know you are a very big fan of and yes. proponent of that particular yes. one. Well, the one that we're going to be watching here is definitely a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go back to the last Friday the 13th, we provided a commentary track for Friday the 13th Part 2. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind the of following one. the scariest one, definitely. Yeah. And I think at this point, we're kind of following the the Star Trek theory of the, the even ones uh-huh. being great. Uh, but we've got it lined up here. Now, we are watching just a regular old DVD, uh-huh. and we have it tuned up to that classic Paramount logo on pause. Just that's before the stars, like just mm-hmm. right when it starts, you see the logo, the mountains. That's where we're at. And go ahead and get everything lined up, whether you're <coughs> streaming, you are on the DVD or the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna do a little lethal weapon countdown. Yep, with the, the three, three, two, two one, one, and then play. play. So um once again, before we get started, we have no affiliation. Yes whatsoever with anybody or anything with any actually anybody watching the movie right now and anybody so except for you our loyal listening audience and always keep in mind when we do these particular commentary tracks even if you don't have everything synced up i'd like to think that you don't have to listen watch the movie right you can still listen this as a regular episode especially if you already have this movie ingrained in your brain then and it's funny with the uh i'm a patreon for the movie crypt and they do a monthly uh, commentary track. Yeah. And I have very seldom actually watched the movie. I always just listen to them because all the films they do, like you mentioned, I know backwards and forwards. <coughs> right. And I think we're going to get the first of a potential jingle here just so we can count this one off here as little Owen. Little Owen. If you hear any jingles, it is Owen. So let's go ahead and get lined up here and synced up. All right. Ready? 
Here we go. Three, Three two, two, one, play. And with that familiar, just almost like a warm, embracing hug, Paramount mm-hmm. logo, we start yet another Nightmare Junkhead fan commentary track for Friday the 13th Part 4. And I don't know about you, but depending on the day of the week, this one potentially is my all-time favorite. Yeah. It, I would agree. I would say I think six is right up there and probably will always be. But there's days where it's the even theory. It, it truly, is. truly is. Because I'll tell you what, X is coming along up there, too. So <laughs> we will get into it's that one. Death it's got a death curse. <laughs> Anytime you get to bring back. And this is honestly, this is one of the great <laughs> previously, previously on Criminal Mind. Previously on, on Friday the 13th. Friday 13th. <laughs> Not the series. Well, kind of the series. Very, uh, and I, honestly, you I, you miss the oh, hi. Oh, hi. Very much Tommy Wiseau there with our uh, camp council from the first that was always rocking those great jean shorts. But what I like about this in part four is it really, truly gives you the greatest hits yeah. of part one through three. Uh-huh. If you haven't if you've missed the first three, here you're okay. You go. We're gonna take care of you in this case. I think that's why one of the this is one of the more accessible movies. So if you're gonna throw a party for Friday the thirteenth, show one that really not only captures some of the greatest hits, but has some of the greatest hits later on. Oh yeah, definitely. This is the film that really gives us some of the great kills, some of the great characters, and there's a reason why people love this particular one so much. Like you said, we're getting the greatest hits here. This is mm-hmm. the this is the uh the mixtape that's gonna, you know, go big on SoundCloud. Right. <laughs> Jason's dropping that hot fire. <laughs> he, depending on his mood, he shows up either in the baghead as a baghead <laughs> or with the with the hockey mask. It's like, oh what kind of mood is he in, man? I don't know yet. <sighs> they even showed the death of Crazy Ralph. Yeah, they do. But his death cause lives on. Well, they're also giving you a, a a prelude of what you're going to get with a Friday the 13th movie. Yeah, and showing, like, Ginny outsmarting people, get chopped, mean oh. kills. Not getting the mask, n- fuck Shelly. And then, well, there's oh, your meanest kill of all time. injury. That one we glamorized over Ooh. on the Friday the 13th Part 2 commentary track. <laughs> That's one of my all-time favorites. Jason is still out there. And uh-huh. here we get... What we thought was initially kind of the last, and I love this, this yeah, that, right rah, there. Yeah. Ah, even if it's not in 3D, that's still such a great little effect. And the fact that they're bookending it, the whole story, the mythos, with the urban legend from previous movie. It's just, it's a great setup. And with a flash to white, we get. And then, boom. The classic Henry Menfrandini score. <coughs> Excuse me. God, I'm still cover- recovering from this cold. I've had it for longer than Jason's been around here. Right. The final chapter. They should retroly put put George Lucas and put like quotation marks on it or uh, well, a question mark. I don't know if I want it to be the final chapter, eh? Well, that's what's really funny is the fact that <laughs> our our marathon, our triple feature, we're going chronologically, and our first film is the final chapter. Right. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the Friday the 13th, 13th franchise. Exactly. What a moneymaker it ultimately was <laughs> for Paramount and how they just could not put it to bed. <laughs> but as a final chapter, this would work good. You know, if this was the only Jason that we've ever got. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad that there, we got it. We, we got the double mid twins in this one. This one is a 
just a good closer. It weaves the story and then it closes it, but leaving the door slightly open for more. Well, I would even argue I think this is its finest um, example of Friday the 13th as a film because I think it car- it carries all the characteristics of a Friday the 13th film. You've got the great kills, mm-hmm. um, but ultimately what makes and I think separates the film from the other <coughs> ones are its core of characters. Yeah. The the that goes to the the actors that are playing them, but ultimately how the the movie is written mm-hmm. and how it's performed because this is the film that ultimately you talk to people around, you know the fandom, it is one of their top two at least. Yeah, and everyone says it's because of the characters. Well, and, it's you got the Tommy Jarvis arc. Yes, I mean, and you Tommy Jarvis becomes almost as iconic as as. as Jason himself, he's the one connective tissue that really flows between all the movies aside from him. And he's the Loomis. He is the, yeah. I've been in the, this, the series six, six times. times. Now, uh, shout out to Joseph Zito as well, who we had a recent uh, chance to see him as part of our Christmas triple feature. He's the director of Invasion USA. Mm-hmm. And we get a great opening shot here that it immediately follows Friday the 13th Part 3. Right. And that's what's interesting about this particular series and how you can watch it so many different ways, Uh, even looking at triple features themselves. Mm -hmm. You could do a triple feature that is 2, 3, and 4. Yeah. That encompasses the entire, technically the entire weekend. Mm -hmm. You could do uh, 4, 5, 6. You could do the Tommy Jarvis trilogy. You could do the zombie Jason. You could yeah do six, seven, and eight, the Kane Hodder trilogy. Yeah. No, there's so many different ways you can watch this film. There's no there's no wrong way right. to watch a Friday the thirteenth film. Friday the thirteenth is the Reese's piece the Reese's peanut butter cups of horror. That's what they need to market. They need to have pre made um dill hockey mask peanut butter cups. It's good. <laughs> this is my kid brother Jason. He loves his Reese's, as you can see. But well, he eats them really weird. He's stabbing it. Well, <laughs> How you like him, Jason? That's <laughs> good. Yeah, exactly. There's no wrong way to watch a Friday the 13th film. <laughs> and speaking of the connective tissues, we are literally picking up right where part three left off. Raw. Except for the final girl. We get no mention of her at this point. We get a new core of characters, and that is that is okay with me. Mm-hmm. But here is where uh, you... <laughs> how long ago, and when did the kind of slimy, paramedic-esque morgue attendant trope come into play? Because <laughs> we haven't gotten to Axel yet. That's but, true. But Axel is one of the all-time great like periphery characters Where in the did franchise. Where come into play? I think they've always been creepy. Is it just in the, in a Hollywood nature? Because I know some paramedics. I, they're all good people. Right. They're fantastic <laughs> people. But like in popular culture, you know what? I bet there's wood carvings back in the day of like fucking weird plague doctors. And like, oh, watch out for ye old plague doctor right over there. Turns out he, do- he does the not things of natural nature. <laughs> you know? And just like, it, it, I think it goes way back because they're just dealing with things that we're just not ready to deal with. They've seen so, things. Right. And stuff. Yeah. So They've transcended all of that. <laughs> Now, this is also, you get a uh, callback to the barn, which is basically where the entirety, and the first of several Jason hand gags yeah. and cheap scares within the first, like, <laughs> ten minutes of the film. But that's what makes it, like, goofy fun. It is. You know? It's what people like, oh, it's nothing but jump scares. But, then, you know, but if they work, they work. Well, also, this, is, this particular film, we've mentioned before, part two, I've mentioned is one that's my favorite, because I do think, ultimately, it is the scariest. Yeah. Me too. Um, part three, I 
I'm not saying it's worthless, but it's one of those that Fuck I think Shelley. it's yeah. There, I don't know what bumper will be going on for this, uh, <laughs> but it's one of those that I just beyond getting his mask. It's just such a carbon copy. This is what like part three is the film that I can understand where Siskel and Ebert are just like uh more of the same, right? And with part four, I think you perfect the more of the same, and which is why I think they had to try to do something different in part five, well, be it good or bad. I I think because the heart. You have the final girl, but what makes this separate from other things, and I know we complain about it a lot about the kids not like ruining movies, but they can make or break a horror film. But I think with this one, it makes it because it has to do something different and something new, you know? So why not bring a little kid who could potentially be Jason? And it's also the first time you really are introduced, a, you introduce a kid into the cast of characters in the Friday the 13th film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, spoilers. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no. Yeah, if you're watching this for the first time with our commentary track, right. you're doing it wrong. You're doing right. it wrong. Right. Uh, uh, there we. Oh, good lord, <laughs> Axel, one of the great ancillary characters here. Now, oh, what is his name? Bruce. 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 No, it's not Bruce. Bruce. Oh, it okay. is Bruce. <laughs> I was like, wow, that doesn't look like the Bruce. Bruce. I know. <laughs> no, he actually was a bit character in the uh, Police Academy series. He was Fackler. He was one of the clumsy guys. Oh, good lord! I couldn't eat over like a freshly Again, brought in. That's course. one of those weird ass morgue tr- attending tropes. That's definitely heightened in uh, Dead Alive when yeah. they're getting all sorts of the nasty stuff all over it. <laughs> Just the way I like it. <laughs> Bruce Smaller is his name. There we go. Yeah, of a police academy fame. Yeah. Now, ultimately, what I love is the fact that when she mentions that she's not going to fake any orgasms, that's what stirs Jason back up. <laughs> Somebody say sex, huh? Think about in part uh, in Jason X. Yeah. When what's what stirs him in that one? We it's, love having premarital sex and smoking marijuana. Boom. <laughs> now, let me tell you this: if you did not grow up in the eighties, with fucking. 60 minute no uh it was the there was the 30 minute workout there was the 60 minute workout these like aerobicized shows you had to get up now i'm gonna get regional real, here you had to get up real early they would the show up at like either 4 30 or 5 30 in the morning but you would get these exercise shows on like channel 62 yep yep and it would always be right before then the cartoon mm-hmm. so if i got up really early i could catch some aerobics and Voltron forming, <laughs> yeah. and that was, was one of the glorious. best ways to start a day. <laughs> that is a good way to start the day. I mean, just <laughs> another jump scare. Don't dare ruin my he now, You know what? I'll be Super fair. Super Bowl of I've, self-abuse. I've had some jump scares while watching that aerobic You're thing. Notorious. Like, <laughs> You're notorious for that. I, If I'm ever involved in anything that's like immersive, be it like virtual reality, I want you nowhere around me i think it panicked now what i like about this is you get a little bit of like exposition fuck all that new shit i'm gonna as he oogles and broads axel's a little bit uh he's, he's very focused if you yeah. will <laughs> you know what as much as i love the 30 minute ads if i saw like hey an escape killer is running around town we break all new. I'm gonna watch that, you know, because I'm like, mm, especially working at the morgue. Priorities, priorities. Well, here you actually, and they mention the fact now that people are aware of Jason right. Voorhees. He is a well-known commodity. So let's make out on the corpse uh, of him. It, 
such mixed messages that this film shows right? with the relationship. Because <laughs> back to thirty minute abs. He's maximizing right potential. Taking to he's well. In fairness, I mean, if you think about Maslow's hierarchy, he's trying to transcend to that point where you know all of his basic needs are met. Met in one. That's just convenience. Yes, right there. That's just decadence. the ultimate and prevalent privilege. He's, if he, his sandwich was in reach a little bit more, oh, he'd totally bring that in. It'd be decadence, but yeah, no, that skis me out now here comes one of the great all-time swears holy jesus jumping christmas shit (laughs) string that along that sounds like something that clark griswold would say when he's really upset one of those great string of curses and all the 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 shenanigans and tomfoolery and messing around that goes on when these films that again painted such a picture that I just assumed everyone in the medical field were constantly getting we're freaks? busy. I mean, it's like it's like same thing with like everybody at college is constantly shenanigans, partying, it's like, partying, and studying, but set to great music. The eighties have lied to us because oh, when you finally meet actual working professionals in the thing, you want to say, "Yeah, so uh, any shenanigans yeah. happen in the, in the morgue? Where do people yeah. go to fool around? Right? Excuse me, <laughs> HR." <laughs> but honestly, I have to ask you to leave sir. Yeah, again. Fine. <clears throat> and what I like, what you, if you notice here, you get a nice little visual image of him breathing right about there. Ooh, yeah. We get, we get confirmation. Jason is back, and like you said, this is pre-zombie Jason. This is technically Jason still as a human being. Mm-hmm. Which, ultimately, what does that make him besides just one badass son of a bitch? Well, <laughs> if and, Tom Savini was here... Yeah, call him a... Yeah, <laughs> but we'll get into the that M word. Later. Yeah. So bizarre. This is Now, this is a good kill well, that's coming up here. It's a great little three-part cut, literally. <laughs> Heightened with the Savini score and then the twist. Not a vanilla twist. <laughs> but all the way around, that's... It's what, it's what well, happened at the uh, the Blue Oyster while the thirty minute ab girls were watching. Yes, <laughs> three minute abs. <laughs> this is also a very cruel kill with Jason here. Immediately, oh, look at those fingernails. Yeah, he's just he's so dirty looking backwoods with ugh. that that little bit where you get with this with the little a, rip <laughs> adds a little bit to the cruelty. Can't stand it. Can't stand it. A good loving family. This is what you don't get with the Friday the Thirteenth family uh, films. Is a good loving family that you can actually get behind. Because mm-hmm. it's always like randy teens up in the in the woods. Maybe a few adult parental figures, mm-hmm. but nothing like an actual legitimate family. A couple of crusty deans in a way, but but living in affluence across the Camp Crystal Lake, which mm-hmm. I like. Okay, now. As a kid growing up in the eighties, when they showed me when they you get Zax on, and do you remember this still from Fangoria? <laughs> yeah. Like what the fuck? What is involved in front? So, <laughs> and I I love is that it Fangoria aliens? is yes is it monsters. Is that is that James Jason Chronicle? This it was so bizarre seeing that because you didn't know in the context of what is going on here. It becomes a family movie. Jason like morphs into like, like he did at the end of oh, uh, Manhattan. Eight. And then uh, a little foreshadowing. And then, <laughs> and then he comes to live and like, I'm going to be a real boy one day. 
and tries to go to school, winds up killing all his classmates. I just I can see that working, the little Tommy Jarvis Chronicles. But this is our introduction, <laughs> like you said, Corey Feldman making his basically his big film feature debut here. And honestly, people give Feldman shit, but he in this movie is he killing was, it. He, he was a great child a legitimate actor. actor. He's really g- giving his best in this performance. But I think more importantly, and something that I don't think enough people, and I think this is why a lot of people, especially that our age that grew up with this, he's, he's kind of a kid surrogate for this film. Exactly. We're not supposed to be watching these movies, but yet we do. We were the ones that sought these out. So when you introduce him into mm-hmm. the fold, all of a sudden we have this pinpoint. We're like, yo, we, we I like Zaxxon, yeah. J- Genius. Exactly. I love Zaxxon. I played it all the time. I had weird masks. Mm-hmm. I can I get behind do. this kid. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's our, our the, the I guess, the fodder, if you yeah. will, the, the cattle that's being led to the slaughter. <laughs> the, the Randy Teens and Crispin Glover. But ultimately, teens <laughs> that I really end up caring for, and I think a lot of it comes to the quality of this cast. Yeah. These are people, Crispin Glover right there is probably one of the biggest ones. I Well, ultimately, I definitely think Kevin Bacon is the biggest that started. But this particular episode, this particular film, the teens in here are wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and going from right there, we have from The Last American Virgin, which has, as you would famously a say. Bummer jam. Yeah, starts as a boner jam, turns into a bummer jam. Um, that is, what is his name there? Hold on to the... IMDb. Check. He's checking the computer. <laughs> that he's, was he's to the Googles before the Googles. He was, man. Lawrence Monson. There we go. You're a dead fuck. What can you say? That's... <laughs> it says you're a dead fuck. This is probably the time when I'm... And as a kid, I'm like, well, what's a dead fuck? <laughs> and especially that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Was Crispin Glover the other good surrogate? Right. <laughs> And honestly, let's his hair in this film is so wonderfully quaffed. Like it's no It is pretty good because normally you see Crispin Glover with weird like sugar bowl shit and like like he goes into like a great clips and says, just fuck me up. Right. And but now I mean this one it's legitimately nice. It's kinda can, like almost Zach Morrisian with a twinge of Crispin Glover to come. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's just a little bit gives you that kind of a bad boy attitude. That there's with an a edge weird boy to it. underneath. Indeed. He might play with rats. He might play with people with, you know, exceptionalities. It's fine. Uh, now, I believe this is where we're actually finally introduced to the full on name for Mrs. Voorhees when we realize it is Pamela Voorhees. I don't think this is, that was ever introduced except for this particular film. So that actually adds to the mythos. And like you mentioned, this works as either a finisher or as one that is a continuation. Yeah. But here's your moment to say, okay, let's go ahead and stamp everything. Now, ultimately, what I love with Jason and his <laughs> making his way back to camp is if this film could be totally different if he actually knew how to hitchhike. This was a mean kill. This yep. one I always yep. had like a little bit of issues with because like she ain't doing nothing wrong. No. Well, ultimately, and she gets fucked with. Like, I felt bad. I would rather see. Like, I'm glad that they show the you know, fuck you, the, the people who are assholes like that, so you can know who to root for to kill for Jason to kill later. Well, and that's where ultimately it was always kind of a morality tale. If you did something bad, Jason would get you. And like you mentioned here, 
was her transgression the the fu sign and the middle finger like is jason that nitpicky now right she is was he, doing that just trying to hitchhike does he not like like healthy snacks does he have something <laughs> against like potassium it's a waste of a good banana too oh and, well and honestly this is it one of those mean oh yeah it's it's the texture of the banana and the kill and also ooh. <sighs> It's this. That's I mean. That's a severe, yeah, nasty looking, good old fashioned Savini oh. kill. <laughs> that was a great kill. And that's the thing with Savini's work is it's never too over the top. It's very realistic. It's very in your face. And if you go back to his like his time as a combat photographer in Vietnam, you can tell he brings a lot of that to his work. Just that kind of not not necessarily photorealism, but there's just that little bit and tinge in there that still gives you the creeps. Mm-hmm. I look at all the little the little hug things uh, going on here. And Again, this even got a name, the Jarvis sandwich. That's adorable. Seventh heaven. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we are investing a little bit of time here. I like that. Yeah. And all the while though, you're not skimping out on any of the kills. And they got a dog. Of course. It's Gordon, man. Yeah. Gordon's great. He's he does have a lady friend out there, a real bitch, if you will. And I only say that because she's in heat. It's fine. It's fine. It was confirmed. We're not talking nasty here. Also, I'll admit this. Like, Tommy, and we'll point it out when he gets to that, but his reaction when he sees, like, what, what the, the nakedness going on. Do you remember his reaction in this yeah. film? That is probably the most legit. Re- I mean, I'm 41. That's I kind of still react that way occasionally. <laughs> See, I always have. Well, we'll talk about that when we get there because I have a little bit of a different take. Really? On what I would have done. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Just, not crazy. You know, like, <laughs> but just like, like. Would have built a really weird, weird bridge across the way there. <laughs> now, what I like about this is it almost gives you a tinge of like. She's going to punish them like she can see like the transgression that's going on. Get off my lawn. <laughs> this is actually technically kind of an Airbnb back in the day, the <laughs> yeah. way they're saying. Mm-hmm. It's like it's the old cabin by the woods. and it... But still, you wouldn't trust the new party neighbors with your teenage daughter. And, and also, these are not camp counselors by any means. Mm-mm. This is also technically a separation parts two and three. We got the counselors. Again, this is just problems on the other side of the lake there. Yep. You just can't keep it but technically over to Camp Crystal Lake. It's going to bleed over. I mean, he's just trying to go home. You he know? is. And he's, if, he's just taking the, he, uh, the shortcut. Take the long way home. Ba, 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 ba. Take your joke off the neighborhood. But, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I would imagine, because, you know, he just came from the morgue. It's probably on the other side of the lake. It's like when the housing developments build something and a whole like swarm of rattlesnakes just doing because they're just trying to get to the other side to of the, the quarry trying to get from a part a to part spawning b area is yeah so it's just kind of people are in jason's way well and jason has always been kind of referred to as a force of nature in a lot of the films mm-hmm. if you, when you go back to actually part two especially part two the minute he shows up the storm rolls in yeah and i know this particular one we get the rain and i can't remember if that if it hits by the time he gets back to that particular area just, they're so casual about the fact that there's this like mass murder that happened just across the way. Oh, well, it's it must a- be the poor people. <laughs> <laughs> Not our problems. <laughs> the lake divides us. It's fine. <laughs> Turns out this is like a really weird class movie. <laughs> Jason is a representation of like the people that have been oppressed. <laughs> okay, now, okay, so tell me. 
if you are again, uh, he is all of maybe six or seven, I would assume, in this particular film. Probably a little bit older, maybe eight. Let's just say eight or nine. When you, this is how I would react when I'd be watching this film on TV. Scene boobies. If I had seen, if you had put me in a scenario where <laughs> I would be more like that, honestly. <laughs> the anticipation here, and again, I, I hopefully it's not too creepy, but. We're younger boys. But I'm curious how this would view that, because he is legitimately like, ah, cock-blocked, kind of, sort of. It gives the nice uh, Fright Night, the um, going back to uh, Hitchcock, the rear window kind of thing, but only through like an eight-year-old filter. He's so excited. He's. I, I think that's legit. I would actually kind of react that way. Yeah. Because think about what you're, and then, uh-oh, <laughs> this zoomf. Yep. Yep. That one, I've I've done that before. That's that. I'm not touching myself. Flop. Right. Exactly. Like everything's. Like, Greg, are you are you usually? And you're like, it's like out of breath. It's like, just like start scratching <laughs> like uh, itchy blankets. But moms uh, know. They know. Uh, they don't even have to be a Jiffy mom to know about that right? one. <laughs> well, choosy moms choose Jiff. <laughs> <laughs> and the other ones just lower the curtain. Right. Sadly. Aww. mom and then as soon as that door closes oh are you kidding like making like a beeline to that thing (laughs) slowly just to make creepier (laughs) so you don't make too much noise you know that's right you that's the last thing you want is that that the rip shot sound (laughs) joseph zito not creepy at all not creepy at all come on man come on well, once again, kind of like in uh, Streets of Fire, another time, another, another place, place. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> uh, Judy Aronson also playing in this film, who I have had uh, a special place in my heart since I think this. No, I'd have to say probably either American Ninja because I saw American Ninja in the theater. She plays in that. She is also in Weird Science. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was all over the mid '80s um, and. Just even to this day, I mentioned she still has aged incredibly well. A double pleasure is well, waiting for you. A double pleasure for Bubblemint Gum. I'm trying to remember all the lyrics there. You grab a stick, you pull it out. <laughs> the taste is going to move you when you pop it in your mouth. Oh, no, that's, that's Juicy Fruit. fruit. They didn't. They didn't have the twin angle on that one. Right. That was all double mint. Double mint pleasure. The double mint fun. The double do 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 something like that. I know. You just go back to YouTube. It's there. It is all over there. But and that actually gave twins quite a lot of work for quite a while. I think. Mm-hmm. I think double mint gum was probably responsible for like making twins giving ah! them sag cards and everything. <laughs> they sponsored the movie. <laughs> oh, that would have been even better. <laughs> Little, have you heard they're trying to bring that back as uh, triplets with yeah, Eddie with, Murphy? Yeah, they've been talking about that for years. I'll be anxious to see if that ever goes through, but I uh, don't know if we need that one. We'll go always for more Frank. Well, that's the same thing. I'll ask this. Uh, we mention this every time, and you know we've, we're going to be watching the remake here at the, for the triple feature. Uh, but why these films don't really seem to work? Why is it so hard to get these made? And I'll still make the argument. I don't think they need to be made. I think they were products of their time. Yeah. Yeah, but I think every now and then a good old-fashioned throwback 80s slasher made with a new twist. Well, like that's what I like right. with like Hatchet. Yeah. We can throw out one of those. A wrong Turn 2. You've got a lot of people that are still doing that, but I just don't think... 
the slasher, the unstoppableness works in this context anymore. I think in the excess of the 80s, when you would get twins out of nowhere, because of course you would. Right, right. I still think it can work. I still think there's a place for, there's definitely a place for slashers. And I think, Jason, we, you could make a good old-fashioned like one like this. Oh, if I had the 13th movie, like the remake, that can still be serviceable and then continue on. Because there's more stories to tell. And as long as there's people who love horror and boobs and gratuitous violence, they're always going to have an audience. True. But at the time, though... You couldn't get any of these things anywhere except for the movie theaters. Absolutely. Now that stuff is just everywhere. Like I said, I think in the context, that's why you had all that stuff in there because it was the taboo. You needed that. (laughs) You're going to get those same reactions as you're going to get with a (laughs) core. Even if it's even if it's just man, butt, it's like, holy shit, there's some illicit stuff. They're they're bringing in this. Uh, oh, did you see that little skid there? Yeah, skid I marks on the skid mark. I don't think he made it all the way in there. Uh-uh. But it almost seems like he had racing stripes from the chassis from the to the go. bottom. <gasps> Again, a legit reaction. They're yeah. going, "Whoa, I just saw some stuff." <laughs> but it's almost as if they're with all the sinning going on here. They're just beckoning, beckoning just Jason. Like- yes. Like, this is technically, that's almost like a, a ritual to bring Jason out, is to do just that. <laughs> Had only they been, like, smoking illicit reefer, mm-hmm. he would have just appeared instantaneously. Just, like, yeah. out of nowhere, like a puff of smoke. Now he's just on the outskirts making his way in. The spell wasn't all that potent. <laughs> but it fucked their car up. Yes, it does. Which is one of, Now, with the Friday the 13th game, is the idea, like, with this particular car? Mm-hmm. So, in the game... You have to get the battery, mm-hmm. you have to get the gas, and you have to get the keys. Okay. And they're scattered, and it almost is at like a mini game because if you fuck up, you have to put it in the right sequence or hold it right. It'll zap and go down. So, meanwhile, Jason can hear you and is coming towards you. So, it's really kind of it's an interesting play because if you get it, you can get in the car. But that doesn't necessarily mean you can get away because Jason right. can fuck up your car. And then do they incorporate this particular movie in the map area? Or is it just from parts two and three? Mm-mm, it's this one. It is? Okay. Yeah. I've watched uh, you play it a little bit. I've seen our friends Chris. I've, been, I've watched people online play it quite a bit. Yeah. And it is really nice to see that from those familiar sites show up in a video game. The whole Jarvis house, this whole side of the map is on there. And so, like, even his room and everything. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And the details are crazy good. Do you even get the deck in the yep. game? That's yep. so great. That is so great. And, you know, if you watch uh, the Crystal Lake Memories, uh, there's so much that you can get behind the scenes on this. But apparently, you know, most of this, when they were shooting this particular film, it was super cold out there. Yeah. So anytime any of them are in the water, they are just absolutely freezing. Frozen. And apparently, when her you know, spoiler alert death scene out on the raft, apparently she almost got like hypothermia. So you, you know, suffering for one's art, even if it's just part four of a genre horror franchise mm-hmm. that people look down upon so often. But yet we're talking about it like how many years later? Oh yeah, this came out in '84. So you do sometimes suffering for the art does reap rewards. It really does. Oh, that's kind of. Oof. <laughs> Some cruel shenanigans, pranks. Come on now. Now, that's you would never find yourself in that scenario because I know you wouldn't probably even be close to the water. Well, number one, you wouldn't have been camping. You wouldn't no, be by I, the lake. No, no, no. 
I wouldn't be. If it was like not an overnight thing for like an hour. Maybe okay. a visitation, if you will. Yeah, like, all right, I'll but, stay over there. But, but you know, the visitation never is just a visitation. Something is going to happen. Yeah, it's going to become more permanent. As long permanent. as the lake can stay over there, I'm I'm okay. Yeah, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm still leery because even though there's not lake monsters, there's fucking Jason Voorhees out there. And if they're not Jason Voorhees, there's these creepy guys lurking around that are ready to help you with your failed automobile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Better ways to sneak up on someone, man. <laughs> I'm Rob Dyer, Jack of all trades. <laughs> just in the neighborhood. It's 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 it's, it's in the uh, the shirt he's wearing there. That is just it's the flannel. It's the pattern. Something about it screams, "I can do a lot of things that you cannot do." <laughs> and he's pointing at me, saying that, going, "Greg, come on, man, man up. Learn how to work on a Brawny car." man, I, shit, I wouldn't know what to do. I would, I would be as helpless as that, as Corey Feldman. Well, also the fact that no one's mentioned the fact that he's carrying around a little small rifle on his pack. Well, he's it's, another time, another place. He's a hunter, <laughs> a wilderness man. <coughs> Hunting, if you will. Right. And I think that's actually, they get into that. So do you know where his character comes from? The, he's related to the one of the... From part two. Part two. Mm-hmm. And there's always this weird connectivity between all the movies, you know, but it's always good to see that. I mean, especially with this in part two, and then you have Tommy Jarvis going on in there, and there's even connectivity going on in the further ones. Like it's, I said, it furthers the ways that you can watch these films. Yeah, and it makes a great world, a, a world-building thing. So why that's why we have games and comic books and sequels and shit like that. Yeah, why the Friday the 13th franchise continues, the, this, the world that it exists. A lot of it, though, is these films came up in the heyday of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Horror in the 80s, as we know, was we, we long for. I think we're living in a golden age of horror now. I think we've got a lot of good stuff coming out. Yeah. But just in reference of the, the icons that we recognize now, yeah, this is them in their heydays, and that's why we look back so fond and why I think a lot of people still, like you said, try to recreate it, but I don't think things like this can be re- recreated. I don't think they should be. Tri- like I don't think you should try to replicate. We don't need a movie new where you need icon, new yeah. slasher icons. But I you also don't need ten films of something like that because yeah. I don't think these films warranted that much. Now, okay, now let me ask you this: You know what? Some people get turned off by in this particular movie. As they think that the level of work that he's at here, the mastery of his craft is like way too advanced for this kid. And they go, it took me out of the film. I'm like, wait. That's the dumbest like, that's thing. That's what takes you out of the film? Not a psycho hillbilly stalker, un- almost undead. No, it's like, no, we're going to call this kid out for his craft. So obviously, right. this is the stuff that you saw in a lot of the Fangoria magazines and finally getting context right. for everything. But it was so cute how like he proud he was when he opened the door to say, look. And then he's got all these gags and pranks all ready to go. He's like a little mini Savini. He, he, he's totally a representation of Savini. And, and again, quite honestly, if now you show me a kid that can do something like this that he created, let's face it. That's almost the gate. Yes, it is. And that's some of the stuff I remember seeing in Fanta- again in Fangorn. I'm going, what am I watching? What is happening in part four? Not realizing, you know, it's just all the stuff that he had at his disposal. Jason versus demons. Jason versus <laughs> little mini Gary Buseys. Oh. Come on, Jason, we're going to drink out of hell. And just <laughs> that's what I think Jason would speak. <coughs> of all the great things that Friday the 13th Part 4 has given us, um, this, I think, is possibly... Shh. 
the best of all gifts. <laughs> yeah. The best of all gifts, quite literally. Right. It's become a mean of it of, out of itself. It's cemented Crispin Glover in the pantheon of like awkward fun. How have how, how have you tried to do this dance? Because it almost looks like a little bit of like Pee Wee from Pee Wee's Big Adventure with a little bit of the arm movement. It's more. I I, I don't know if I could be that spastic. You know what you I'm saying. You do have to be pretty spastic. You have to be very limber to do that dance. I think you might have to do stretches. <laughs> There's training involved, right? So he was apparently dancing to ACDC's Back in Black, but they could not get the rights to it, when, in which case you get kind of the random fart rock, cock rock. I don't know if dancing to Back in Black makes that, would that make that dance better or worse. Uh, people have tried to sync it up, you know, a la... Um, yeah, like, like mashups yeah. and YouTube videos. And it does work pretty well, apparently. Yeah? Yeah. Better than... Dun, 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 dun. Or maybe even channeling a little Ed Harris from Creep Show. I would love to see those two in the dance off. Oh, that'd be pretty incredible, actually. Like one of those epic rap battle dance offs. They have their own crew or something, like Jabberwockies behind them trying to mimic. They're like, what the fuck? And only, only if Ed Harris comes in a la Rob Halford on his like Knight Rider's motorcycle. Like that's his entrance. That would be pretty incredible. And Crispin Glover comes in. And a chariot an of rats. rats, right? Just <laughs> to each their own. I, I would. I'd have to go Ed Harris on that fight. Out of that <laughs> intro alone, Ed Harris gets my money. Ed Harris always gets my money. He's, uh, hell, he's even you know acting now in um, Westworld. Uh, and to, to borrow a phrase from Joe Lynch, mother, because it's got the exclamation right? point at the end. <laughs> my life. Now you've got everyone pairing up as the, a lot of them always did in a Friday movie. Because now because at this not? point, well, we're almost teen shenanigans. Forty some odd, or about thirty-five some odd minutes in, and we haven't had a kill in a while. Yes, the hitchhiker was the last one. Huh. Jason is slowly but surely making his way back to camp. I like they give us a little bit of geography and time with that. But ultimately, it's again, it's establishing and it's getting us to care for some of these characters, even though. Let's face it, all of them are still all about getting laid. Right. That is they're still their main priority and motivation. On the summer vacation. <laughs> but ultimately, if you can't, and it's not even if you care whether or not they get laid, but you still, you can still go. <laughs> well, I really hope he gets his yeah. before he gets his, you know. <laughs> he'll, he'll find out he's not a dead fuck. It's fine. <laughs> or maybe, <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> Quite possibly. What are they going to find out on this little journey? <laughs> <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's sulking so so bad it's so wonderful <laughs> now, now what we get hot get here is i believe can we say check offs um, corkscrew indeed <laughs> <laughs> don't be such a dead fuck oh <laughs> the height <laughs> of comedy the, the <laughs> fact that he points it out like this when he's like he thinks he's being funny here <laughs> He's just, there is such disdain in his in the way he's viewing him right now. <laughs> that is so freaking funny. And again, what happens when you stab with a cork, corkscrew? Uh -huh. You know, we haven't actually given a little shout out to, what is his name here? Peter Barton? Mm-hmm. The really extremely good looking guy right there. He showed up a few years earlier with Linda Blair in Hell Knight. <laughs> which recently got a Blu-ray release. Do you, have you seen that one in a while? No, not in a while. That's one I need to revisit. I've heard it's, nah, you know, it's decent. But he was probably one of the highest profile people they had, actually. Huh. 
And of course, the fact that he still kind of blends seamlessly in with a lot of these things here. It's quite, it's great. Now, we're not being visited by aliens. That's Owen attacking his little rat ball there. Yeah, biggest mistake of my life. Now, let me ask you this. Sophie's Choice, the twin or Judy or Ronson? To me, it's not even a choice. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I think Julie Ronson. Okay. Cause see, like, he, he, he chose poorly. He chose poorly. See, I I would just wind up only disappointing one instead of two. So <laughs> I would feel better about myself. <laughs> what? Oh, that's funny. Although, don't dream, yeah. man. Still, you know. Again, break out the gum. See where the night takes you. <laughs> oh, Teddy. Wah-wah. Always by himself uh, in, as, a, as a little the socially awkward introvert. I definitely can identify yeah. with that. Where at the end of the night, I'm by myself, not necessarily laughing at uh, the, the vintage 35 millimeter stuff going on there. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, probably something like what, we, you know, actually, no, it's perfect. It's like Randy and Scream, the guy that's still there watching Halloween, mm-hmm. not talking to the screen. Because unlike a commentary track that we do here, <coughs> we don't talk when we actually watch exactly. movies. This one is just kicking back and, like we said, reacting. Oh. She was mine. Out of my grip. And much like his character in Last American Virgin, which <laughs> I'm not going to say it's a it's a canon classic because it is a canon classic, but it's also one of those films, I'm uh, dare I say it's not necessarily respected, mm-hmm. but it's a different take, like you said, on the boner jam. I mean, it takes such a drastic turn. Oh, Paul. <laughs> Again. There's always a Paul in the horror movies. Yeah. There's a Paul in Halloween 2. There's a Paul in Halloween 1. And the first. There's a Paul in this one. There's Paul, a Paul in the in... second one. Yeah. There's like always a Paul. Always a Paul. Or a Polly. Hey, Polly. Hey, Pally. Or hey, Pally. Going back to canon films there. But of course, when we get gratuitous here with Friday the 13th, we get gratuitous. And a, a staple of this genre. And here it is again, introduced right here. It's just. What a good sport. Yeah. And just something that you looked forward to back in the day. Now it does play like a very much a relic. It, I, it's, yes, it does. I mean, it's definitely dated, but I still think it has its, uh, its place, its place in the pantheon of movie tropes, you know, (laughs) again, back in the day before the internet, this was gold for us. This this is what horror, half of horror was about. And this is the scene where, yeah, apparently she, this was just some gnarly, cold, free, oh, cold, freezing weather. And she was out there forever. Apparently, uh, now was it Ted White? That yeah, was the Jason, the Jason in this one? Yeah, apparently he had gone to, it was like, you need to get he her out of there. for her, yeah. And again, if you haven't checked it out, make sure Crystal Lake Memories, the it's on a little Shutter shout out, mm-hmm. uh, but available. Just exhaustive. It is a great documentary, though. I've, but... wa- I've watched it like multiple times, believe it or not, the entirety of it. It's one of those things I can just go back and ju- it's comfort food at yeah. this point. But then again, we've always been huge nerds and dorks of the behind the scenes, the feature shit. That's the main reason I buy a lot of Blu-rays nowadays. The boutique ones. Yeah. It's got all the good stuff. Oh, when you get... And the cool thing about Shudder is they'll sell them every, every now and then. They'll have some of that good stuff as an optional thing. Joe Lynch recorded a separate commentary track for Mayhem with Stephen Young. Yeah. That was exclusive to Shudder. Yeah, that's I dope. listened to it. Yeah, that's I thought it was great. Dope. I love it when they did. <laughs> Rob Zombie did some stuff for 31. Mm-hmm. He actually did a behind-the-scenes making of. 
This is a crazy kill. This is a nasty kill. Well, this also shows you that something that always bothered it, me. It was going to be worse. Uh, That's a, <laughs> that is gnarly. A little callback almost to the Kevin Smith death. death. Just anything with the, you know, we're not going to cut away. You're going to see us go right through there. Always goes. It's effective. It's very effective. And I love the fact that he finally gets a, his little conscious comes back in. It's like just enough, just in time to get him killed. Right. In such a horrific way. This is such <laughs> a gnarly way to go. I think you wear the shit, his shorts better. I was about to say, I, I'm, I can't wait for someone to come along so I can break out my uh, the, the, the cutoffs. <laughs> There's like there's something about them. I talk about how the Paramount logo is a nice warm hug and a blanket. <laughs> so are my cutoffs. Oh my good lord! They effectively hide your thunder. <laughs> <laughs> now the pastels going on with her outfit. I think, especially with the hat, she's adorable. It's, it makes you look like Easter. Yeah, it's just kind of a scamp. <laughs> Move along. Almost as you like. <laughs> it would be great if like she mimicked his dance moves, giving a little bit of love back. No, it's all about the slow jam at this point. It's that's what the kind of the dances that you were comfortable doing. Because the minute it got fast, I was always like, "Oh shit, I don't know how to." Res-. Did you ever watch freaking Freaks and Geeks? I have not back in the day, but don't really. I saw a few episodes. It's got a great moment. I think it's. Uh, I want to say it's actually the last uh, episode of season one. But the little geek finally gets the nerve to ask the girl out to, to dance. And they go out. And it's a sol- slow song. And it ends. And then it kicks into the fast stuff. And you just see him. He's out there like panicking. I can appreciate that. Yeah? Oh, yeah. So what do you think about Crispin Glover? He This is technically, he even calls it out. That's one of the like, yeah, but you know what? You're the, the booby prize. And like... Okay. <laughs> Especially in this film? Are you kidding? That's been his main... Oh, no. And she's like, oh, here he comes. Teddy bear. Don't do not do the teddy bear thing. Just don't do the teddy bear thing. That's all we ask. You know, sometimes you've got to go with what, you've, you, you're, you're, what you're given. Right. Your name, what have you. Ah, but also introducing a little bit of the weed. So now he's really, really begging for it in the Jason terms. <laughs> <laughs> no love for the teddy bear no love for the now what i really liked about victor crowley is adam green did give us some equal opportunity, equal opportunity nudity. yeah because you know what she got bare naked for her little dip why is not paul getting down to his skivvies here he's topless he's, <laughs> and apparently that's all we're gonna get because yeah. and shoeless sh- shoeless paul oh that's some gooky gooey oh. stuff right there <laughs> nah. yeah I wouldn't the, go in that shit. That's the makings of the stuff that you find in the raft. Exactly. Because that slime, it was separating. <laughs> Did you see that? It was separated as you walked. That's grody. It is pretty grody. But even he, there we go. I was going to say, ultimately, you have to make sure you are fully submerged. If they are, if, the, if Judy's going to do it, so are you, buddy. No. Judy. Yeah. she's uh, She was a treat. <laughs> Take a drink there. You haven't heard that one. She was a treat. And it wasn't that wasn't even you saying it. That was she, me. She was a treat kebab. A treat kebab. <laughs> That's horrible. Gotta gotta cook them now though, you know, while the while well, the meat's fresh. good. That's yeah. right. You what don't a, want to get gamey. Well, and this also is in the uh the, the oh 
the great tradition of the reveal of the bodies. Mm-hmm. And that one actually. Because he's pretty, out. Yeah. <laughs> but also the fact that you have, you showed Jason in the water. You see he can subsist in the water. He's mm-hmm. not afraid of the water. You see this. Oh. Ooh. 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 And he still shoots off the spear. Insult to injury. Yep. And I'm sure that sound right there. Like, holy shit. That's like the Jason alarm going off right now. <laughs> Jason is in the area. You hear this. This is not a drill. Yeah. Although it was a drill to the man's scrotum there. <laughs> but ultimately, no, the fact that they introduced that whole thing in Freddy versus Jason. Where he's afraid of water. That's, yeah. And I guess maybe just ultimately maybe in his subconscious, maybe. But here, even he's but alive. Here he's fine with it. He's good. As long as he doesn't drown, you know, he's because he's still alive, mm-hmm. technically. You yeah, know? he's, again, he has his inward strength there. We won't mm-hmm. go full Savini. <laughs> but imagine, though, you're at this point with you, you being robbed. This is your, this is the, what you've been waiting for at this point. Right? Bobby Dick is off the shore. I got the beast in my sights. <laughs> I just don't think he's ready for Jason. No. Nobody's really ready for Jason. No, I agree. 110% with that. Well, Jason is, again, a force of nature. Yeah, he's he just something that exists. He's intense. He's, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they're intense. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Never so have I been happy this has been a scene-specific commentary track. There's a lot of buildup into that. Also, there's <laughs> Jason being strategic there. Messing up. He's he's basically saying, I'm going to make you, I'm going to put you on my level now. Right. Like, this is going to be an even playing field. We're going to throw guns out of the equation. You're fucked up now. We'll what go machete e machete. Uh huh. Machete. This is a neat room. And here again, let's get gratuitous, gang. This is what we signed up for with a Friday the 13th movie. Even with the pastel pants. Yeah. And keeping the hat on as well. Onward, I appreciate Crispin that. Glover. <laughs> that effectively did not hide the thunder there. <laughs> but ultimately, even... Oh, God. Teddy finds a snuff film. <laughs> this film could have totally gone a very different way. Right? Turns out it's Nick Cage on the other side. Just, oh. <laughs> These... Old time stag films are so weird. And this is not the first time that I was ever literally exposed to these to things. old time stag films. Exactly. It was in Porky's, actually. Yeah. I remember they were very prevalent in that film. And people still having that exact same reaction. Just that, like, I can't. That's probably mine on the left. It's like, uh, this is kind of uncomfortable. Well, it's just... the same time as you go over to somebody's house and like, hey, check out this porn. And you're like, oh, I got this from Vinegar Syndrome. Wow. We're going to have fun with it. <laughs> and I love Vinegar Syndrome. But, man, the, some of the titles they put out, is like a weird restoration of just like a very soft core porn. Right. But, man, they do well. That's what I love. There's still a, there's an audience for everything. Mm-hmm. I got a couple of Vinegar Syndrome titles here. So oh, I picked up. A, but I'm not going to show a lot of them to like polite company. You know, if you're over here, I mean, even if you're over here, yeah. I'm not going to be like, hey, check out this Tracy Lawrence film I got from 1994. You know, it's like. Unless not that's what we going to do. Unless there's Blade, you know, that's not like... <laughs> now, here we go. Here we go. The thunder from down under. The thunder rolls. 
<laughs> turns, turns out Jason is yet another uh, persona of uh, Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines. Fucking Chris Voorhees. <laughs> Jason Brooks. He's got a little bit of a hair wisp that comes out of the mask. <laughs> what I like about this particular kill, though, is it goes off screen then on screen. It's very artistically done, which I kind of like. It actually plays into the the lightning aspect mm-hmm. here. This I dare I say a little bit of craft in the kill with this Friday the thirteenth movie. Yeah. Boom. The shadow off camera play. and then with it is, you know, a very mean thing, but we'll get it here, obviously. The slam. Help. Boom. Yeah. That's, that's a nice a little, twofer. It is. That's a it's nice a little cause one. and effect. Yeah. It, and that's smart because it's already in your mind. You know it's her. And you know then it's a dummy. But then it's like, ooh. ooh. Yeah, it's you a know? reminder. Mm-hmm. We were all just slabs of meat. And Betty ready to be, you know, hacked about by Jason. And that's the thing when uh, Ebert, uh, Siskel and Ebert, they reviewed this film. They, you know, they hated horror films. Obviously, yeah, they were not. But they were basically, again, almost like they the way they did Silent Night, Deadly Night, when they literally called out the producers. They called out Paramount. They're like, we know who you're making this film for. But This is an R-rated film, but you are making this for these teenage kids. But then they're also missing some of the craft and some of the actually yeah. good shots and theater of the mind and things like that. Yes, there's some lowest common denominator with the blood and the boobs in the bush, and, but at the same time... And I'm not saying Friday the 13th Part 4 transcends that, but this is one of the better representations, right. I think, of the, of the franchise and the genre. I would agree. that It shows that there can be legitimate... Like, Halloween is legitimate art. Oh, this yeah. This is not art, but it shows that horror can have merits, even on a, a gratuitous level. Yeah, it's an offshoot of what we had with Halloween. It's a little bit more exploitive. Right. And it's a little bit more for the masses, because even Halloween, dare I say, I would not... Was an independent underground film. An almost like an art film. Yeah. And with something like this, this is more populous. It's for the masses. Exactly. We're going to give every... for everything and everybody... What do people want? What do the kids like? They like seeing the boobs. They like seeing the blood, and they like seeing sometimes the gratuitous bush. <laughs> and so it's like, give them what they want. They and they did. Eighties and access. they did. This is all. And that's well. That's the. Yeah, it's the excess of the eighties. Well, even here, the fact. But like I said, there's still those shots like this. This is even like legitimate good scares. So it's not like everything gratuitous. They just they set out to scare you, and they can't. Let's throw in a little bit more for the other people, for everybody. And also, not necessarily taboo, but you know, it yes. always takes balls to kill, <laughs> to kill, uh, to kids and also parents in this yeah. case. And I'm not going to say that they ever have a you know a free range license or anything, but that's something you don't expect them to initially die. Right. It's usually the teens that are mm-hmm. targeted in this, but we're 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 staying with this scene quite a bit. And technically, spoiler here, it's it's an off screen. If technically it is a kill, because it's one of those, again, it's kind of that like freeze frame that we get a lot in the franchise. Yeah. It's the one thing. It's like, don't give me loose ends you never plan on tying up. Ambiguity ambiguity is great, but this does not need to, need to be ambiguous. Ambiguous, you're right. You know, there's no, nece- there's not, there's, it's no call for it. Mm-hmm. And maybe, and I don't know, maybe if it if was gonna- the actor that was just like, nah. I don't necessarily want to do anything like that. Or maybe the plan is like, well, we're going to have the Jarvis mom come in later on in part five, you know? A callback. Right. Well, but that's, if they've, this is called the final chapter. Yeah, there's no see, need for that. Right. What did she see? What we need. I. 
Yeah, given that this is a Friday the 13th film, I don't know maybe if it was a ratings thing. I know in a deleted scene that showed up, they uh, Trish finds her in a bathtub right, full of blood. So it shows the uh, after, obviously, on it. But, it would, but that doesn't even... I know, I know. And note, she was the virginal character, and so she's technically not all the way naked. Right. Scantily clad. Yes, a but... titillating. <laughs> but not necessarily gratuitous. Right. And I think that's, you know, definitely done on purpose because technically. Um, that's from, that's for, she got that shit from the Ronda Shear catalog. From the... <laughs> hey, I still have a soft spot for that, okay? <laughs> this weird kind of just like bulky lingerie. It's I like, dig it too, dude. All right. That weird peach color with the shoulder patty looking thing. Frederick's of Hollywood. Yep. That yep. catalog was my, uh, I'll just say, <laughs> again, we didn't have the internet. A classy name for sleazy things. It's like, ooh, they're not blurring the naughty parts out on this one. Again, you have to be a specific age and a specific, <laughs> going through puberty at a specific time for Are that to youngst- make any yeah. kind of relevance. Yeah. You don't know what we're talking about. Don't Google it. Also, a lot of shots of this bay window here, which actually technically you do get a payoff. And this film, we get one, two, do we get not three people going through windows in this one? Let's count them. Once they start coming uh-huh. up here, I think we have a crazy amount of that. And I don't know if it's that's because Joseph Zito kind of has an action background. So he's good with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like well, he's go with a, what you know, man. I mean, got a good, you know, AD back there that can, you know, shoot all this stuff. We got. I, he's like, I got 500 pounds of sugar glass. We're going to do something <laughs> with it, God damn it. You know? <laughs> sugar glass. I forgot that such a thing existed. <laughs> It's like, no, it's not real glass, young Greg. They're not really doing that. <coughs> I almost called the question, do we need the rain in this kind of a scene? But I think it adds to the terror. The terror. But also the fact that it, it remains consistent with the fact that Jason being a, a force, force of, of nature. nature. Yeah. I mean, because one, even if there wasn't any murders or anything, getting stuck in the rain fucking sucks. Yeah. Everyone you know? can identify with that. This rain is insult to injury. You got a madman uh, a madman murderer going around slashing you and all your friends in horrible ways. Why not fucking throw salt in that wound with a little bit of rain? That's Only very thing true. Only make it worse is uh, <laughs> acid rain like fucking Return, Return of the Living Dead. dead. It burns my skin. <laughs> or some asshole with the Walkman out there is like, do you like pina coladas? And getting caught in the rain. <laughs> Fuck no. you, Rupert Everett. <laughs> no, I do not. And is it Rupert Everett Holmes? I think yeah, it was on AM Gold. Yeah, I remember that. It's uh, That's all right with me. Don't go to the Chevy van. Right. <laughs> we, intense. God, God damn it, Rob. Like, really? Did, was this necessary? Like, really? Come on now. Was There's no reason he could have not gone through the door. Or at least, like, who's in my tent? Exactly. You know? A verbal warning. Right? Come on now. He's out looking for Jason. Obviously, she's not even remotely the same physique as Jason. Exactly. You know? <laughs> like, the tent, yeah, the tent silhouette is going to be a dead giveaway every single time. Hey, because you know what? Nothing says romance like, am I a dead fuck? Right after. In the throes and the wanton embrace. Mm-hmm. You've just connected. You, you've, you've had that moment. You've just stared longingly into the eyes. Right. And then... Am I a dead fuck? <laughs> just been... Did I... Well, well, the uh, fact that technically that was his motivator. That's what he needed to... You know, the main reason he needed to, to release was to find out. Yeah. It's like, was the computer correct? <laughs> Which, and again, before the advent of the... The, the personal, you know, the laptop. <laughs> it's 
it's kind of like that Facebook quiz. Exactly. Are you a dead fuck? Click to find out. Computer never lies. I right? mean, come on. That's, it's like those lovematic machines. They, to- if you guys have not done that, that totally needs to exist. A little <laughs> meme with, with freaking yeah, him on there. It's like, are you? Rate your lover, Friday the 13th, you know, style, right. spastic style. Like Crispin Glover is the last one, dead fuck, dead fuck, dead fuck. Right above him is Mark in the wheelchair. It's <laughs> like, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is, you know. <laughs> Who would be the upper echelon? Um, the, the guy in the van in part six. Ten more minutes? Yeah. <laughs> actually, no, I'm trying to even think, maybe even like Ted from part two because he technically lived and was actually at the bar still doing his thing yeah this, oh that's oh, creepy that's so that creepy right that after is, the, that's gnarly that is gnarly especially because it could be a lot worse oh yeah that could have totally gone many i'm glad they didn't let him improvise at that point right <laughs> Charleston, Charleston. Da, 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 da. I believe that was a little sombrero action there. Yeah. So that Cultural was cultural appropriation. Infamous. Oh, uh, here we go. This is a great kill. It's a twofer. This yes, is another is. twofer. It's a setup and punch. It really is. They there are some really good narrative kills in this film. Uh-huh. Where is that torque corkscrew? <laughs> Let's wait for it. Ted. Hey, Ted. Where the hell is the corkscrew? Slap! Right there! (laughs) And then just what insult to injury there. Now, that was a reverse shot, and then they add in the gore. So well-crafted. A Mm -hmm. great kill. Because it is a fantastic kill. And it's funny. Where's the corkscrew? Jason's like, I've been waiting for this! I've been waiting for this! I got this! I got this! I got this! Right? the place. He's all excited. This never happens. Oh, I'm ready. Watch him fuck up. So the timing's just a little off. Oh, well, you know he doesn't speak, so he lives for shit like that. I mean, that's his. Those Welcome are, to primetime, bitch. Right? They fucking not quite, not quite dad jokes. They're like Jason jokes, they're, but they're lethal. Never mind. Right, yeah. right. Whether they land or not. Okay, so here's our first. Go breaking through the glass kill. Well, how very, very patient and very much like Steve Martin and Roxanne, the way he can traverse Oof. around a house. That's a great kill, right yeah, there. Yeah, it is. And it just but, with all the windows blowing but, out, just prove that was. But again, so after he had to like run for that kill, then right? he had to He's sneak like, his way. Yeah, like Jason is. He is a like a calisthenics machine in this particular. I can just film. see him like doing flips and shit, trying to get out the house, like fucking parkour, and like Jason parkourvies, parkourvies. <laughs> here, uh, here we go, go, going back again to the paper clippings. The fact that Voorhees has the reputation, people yeah. know of him. Why the hell would you go to the goddamn camp? Indeed. If you in- know there's a fucking killer going on there. Yeah, the reason you would never find us in any of these films is we would read of this stuff and stay way far away. Mm-hmm. Not <laughs> go hunting. No. You know? Not buying property. Like, I would I would find irreconcilable differences in 
and divorce myself from my family if they made me try to go there. Right. Built on the fact, like, no, are you kidding me? I don't care if the property value is good. There's a reason you got this for cheap. Exactly. Either it's an Indian burial ground, um, a bunch of witches holded rituals there. They're, they're, they're burning uh, rabid weasels. Right. Or fucking there's a goddamn madman that lives on the lake. Oh. There's a death curse. And it's, it's not like it's been going around for like this just happened. It's been a thing. It's been a consistent thing. So it's like, ah. When you've developed lore like that, when right. it is on the front page news, and again, before the internet, there were, newspapers were a legit form of communication and mm-hmm. getting your news. There's a reason why this stuff still plays that way and why you had to incorporate it in there. Fake news. <laughs> All fake news. Man, he's got some longevity here, Teddy Bear, with these. I mean, he's with going his, reel to reel with on this snuff. one. And then ultimately, though, this is where she breaks down. She has the sex. They have the sexy shower. And, and then you still, and you get comeuppance again. Yep. Which, ultimately, she'd be dead in this film, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it begs the question, what if she had not given in? Based on these... Based on because the banana incident, exactly. On this one, there's no holds barred. I J- think Jason yeah. is just in full. He's kill everybody. In it. He's like, going to kill little Feldman, like, which she's <laughs> technically the virginal one. Because oh, our Catholic schools girl in Catholics trouble in moment whoosh, with the. Whoosh. It's Dupree. So apparently, is this one pro- produced by Samuel Bronkowitz? Is that <laughs> Catholic high school counselors in trouble? Oh. The little clowns got They're a doing little... summer camp counselors in trouble. <laughs> exactly. The clowns got a little uh, hockey mask on. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Show me your nuts. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, we are referring to Kentucky Fried Movie. Make sure you check that out. Anything that Samuel L. Bronkowitz produces, yeah. it's got a potential. This, this is dead by 8mm, dude. <laughs> this is a good creative kill. It is. And it's, again, a mean one here, especially in relation to as someone that owns a projector screen. Those are expensive. From watching a snuff film to creating a snuff to film. Be, yeah, being the, 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 the inspiration here. And, again, the way this is okay. shot. Oh. Oof. It's the drag back. That yeah, pullback and in the cut. Yep. Great. So, question. And the fact that that thing is just still going down. Whenever you do this, uh, put the thing up, in the back of your mind, do you ever think that when there's going to be something there? Every single time. Okay, good. Because I know that time. I would do it every single time. Like, uh, just gonna like, It's like, is this going to be it? Is this going to be it? How do I react? How do right, I react? Right. Oh, it's horrible. Now, no, notice, though, she you don't see her completely naked. You do not see her completely naked, so I would imagine something in the contract. Well, that's true. It's probably like, you know, well, somebody's got to be fully clothed, and, you know, they just want to make sure that everything is okay. But, you know, I don't know. Personally, the shower thing is I, I, I need to get clean. You know, and it's hard to get clean when you got to get dirty. So <laughs> I need my personal space. <laughs> That's just me. <clears throat> but here's the thing. I understand that, you know, everything's happy and everything is going on. But you're walking around in just a towel from door to door, house to house. And you really don't know these people. I know they're your friends and all, but at least say like something like, uh, don't look, I'm coming out or something. I don't know. I just be wouldn't walking around like, oh, well, here's the hair dryer. 
it's you don't have what they have. I that's true. And I don't really have it either. So. Yeah. And so yeah, see, I would be more apt to like shower by myself just like i said i i can't get clean when i gotta get dirty yeah well sometimes relative safety in numbers doesn't necessarily apply <laughs> right. in the friday films <laughs> especially when you're inviting that there dude Ooh, baby baby <laughs> <laughs> we can sing a duet anytime i near i'm near a little outhouse or porta potty i'm always anticipating hearing that or just maybe getting some enchiladas <laughs> those damn enchiladas hey Which, Polly. you know we talked about return of the living dead return of the living dead has some crazy ties to the friday films in part five uh, obviously uh, joanna man himself uh-huh and, and then, then part in six, six there's thom mm-hmm. thom matthews <laughs> I will say, though, his, oh, oh this is another mean, nasty kill that uh, highlights Jason's cuticles there. Oh, God, just the crunching the crunch. sound. We got it on low, and you can still hear the crunch. It's still effective just, that way. Uh, it's incredible. Well, that's why these kind of films, they really work well on a big screen. Yeah. They are meant to be seen in a theater full of people. Just to hear everybody go, woo, because you know that would happen. That communal experience. And these are those kind of films, especially in the early to mid 80s, mm-hmm. that people would go to and they would. There would be a full on show. You want to talk about people being, you know, obviously now it's people on their phones, but people would react to these films. Flipping out. Yeah. Which was kind of fun. I mean, they always showed like that hidden video footage on uh, paranormal activity of people. That's ugh, oh, got yeah. the death by sugar glass. So that's three to one and a half so far. Oh, I guess we can add that's a half there. Half. Yeah, technically he did go through there. Yeah. And actually, this is such a weird kill here because it's, again, he had to be on the other side. And just like normally Jason would be on the other side of like. Surprise. Oh, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> He's throwing axes like fucking Patrick Swayze, man. <laughs> like Patrick. Well, next to Ken? Yep. <laughs> Billy Justice. Well, you know, it's, hey, you play to your strengths. You know, he was probably raised with axe throwing. Mm-hmm. He's probably, what's that one game that they play with the little sandbags in the uh, cornhole? Cornhole. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, you don't want to Jason you wanna, you don't wanna, Yeah, you don't want to get cornholed by with Jason. You don't want to in the camp. What are you doing? Doesn't even have to say anything. It's just like, what happens if you lose? Right. What I like about this also, this actually kind of makes it give it almost, a, dare I say, a Halloween-esque feel at the very end when you had Lori, you know, uh, protecting the kids and the babysitter. Mm-hmm. Here, you kind of get that feel. And again, when you introduce a kid to the to the terror and you up those It makes stakes, it more palatable. Yes. I mean, because the sexy teens getting their comeuppance, that's the sexy teens getting comeuppance. This is a loving family that really ain't done shit. Nope. You know? I mean, living their life. And here comes Jason fucking with them and again so. something you knew about on this is where like where you'd be pissed at your parents man if you get through this yeah. we're gonna have to have a talk it's yeah like, what the why? fuck why you knew this was going on and you know i love monsters you don't think i would have found out you know well ultimately and that's what i love about this film the fact that we saw that uh shot of jason as a boy yeah that that etching in the paper that <laughs> no stone left unturned that's coming back into play here and I love that Gordon's out there in the in the in the front lines, man, mm-hmm. doing doing what a dog would do. That's a nice shot. That is a great shot. That's a scare, that's, scary shot with yes, the flickering it of it. That is like I do not want to enter like everything in my being. Ex- yeah, the, first of all, it looked dilapidated and scary and it's raining. There, you got a flickering thing and you got a. 
big ass axe wound in the middle of the door. Fuck all that. Let's go exploring. No, no. no. I would call the police. Yes, at that point. Well, the the phone was dead at this point. I'm running away. But I would get in the car and go somewhere. Like, find the battery, find the gas, whatever the order is. (laughs) Whatever's going on there, I cannot help. Oh, my God. (laughs) Let me find someone that can. And we live to see another day. <laughs> Indeed. Well, like I said, ultimately, you know, with with any slasher trope, you have to have all the body reveals. Right. And this particular one, especially when he's got uh, Crispin's character all, like, drawn and quartered. Yeah. There's a deleted scene. I, I can't remember if it's in this one. We'll have to look at it. But he just tears through him. It is so Horrid. Like the Kool-Aid man? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's rough. It's completely rough. I'll even say this. Rob's death, you know, spoiler alert. Yeah. Even though you don't see anything. It's pretty It's pretty painful sounding. It's because he's when he's going, he's killing me. He's, oh, my God. That, That's some theater of the mind shit. It's horrible because you never hear anyone actually saying that. They're either screaming. Yeah, or his, muffled. But that realization, he's killing me. Oh, yeah. that's horrible, horrible. And it's a slow, painful death. It is. It's with one of the hammers, if, I, if your memory recalls. But ultimately, and again, he's kind of one of the guys that you thought maybe he would make it. Would make it to the end because he's the resourceful one. He's mm-hmm. the one that knows what's going on. He's got a vendetta. He is the Ahab. He's looking for the great white mm-hmm. Voorhees. It's a way to flip the tropes. It is. It is. It's nice. Well, ultimately, you know, we will we anticipate having a final girl. Right. Now it's, do we get the final guy or the final boy? The final family. The final dog. Well, we know we don't get the final family. We know what well, no, we well, technically we, yeah. assume the mom is dead. Again, come on, Josito. You're better than that. <laughs> we can't kill her off screen. Damn her lawyers. <laughs> Actually, it would have been interesting if they would have demasked uh, Jason Voorhees and it was actually Chuck Norris. <laughs> you guys aren't rushing, are you? No. <laughs> time, time to die. Okay. Oh, yeah. Dog. Dog goes through the window. Yeah. Dog goes through the window. So he wasn't getting help. No, I think he was legitimately going, well, I'm out of here. I don't think Jason but did that to him. he would have ran out of the door. He would have ran out of the thing. I think Jason fucked him up. Do you? I think Jason's like, fuck you. (laughs) That's horrible. Because he could have ran past. True, but you know, a dog's, they've got good instinct, okay? If they know stuff's going bad, they can sense that and, you know. But they're not going to jump through a a closed window. Have you ever been around a dog? You don't know. You don't know. I'd like to think Lola's resourceful. She might do this. Now, here's where ultimately we get that cachet of exposition yeah. that ultimately is going to help Tommy Jarvis figure everything out. Here we go. Boom. And that's actually legitimately, that looks like that looks scary stories story in the dark. dark. That sure as fuck does. Sure as fuck does. Uh, great minds. <laughs> but I tell you, that's another thing that you talk about gets stuck in your DNA. Oh, hell yeah. Those pictures are terrifying. Those pictures are way more terrifying than the stories themselves. Oh my God. Just enhanced everything so well. Well, here we go. This is where we start to get the bevy of reveals, which you need in your slasher film. Oh, yeah. But again, it shows the tidiness of the, of the slasher, of Jason. Have you, are you a fan of uh, Behind the Mask? The Rise of Leslie Vernon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that movie is smart, funny, and some really good kills. It also just got a Blu-ray release that I'm, I might have to pick up. That cover is dope. It's phenomenal. It's so good. I saw... Oh, here we go. That's... 
A little insult to injury, too. Not only did his head get crushed... But he's placing him. Yeah, and then also the shards of glass. What I don't understand with... Because with, in some of the Jason franchises, he doesn't place him. He's just like, fuck you, mm-hmm. right? But this one, he's like meticulously placing him. Well, maybe it's a lesson learned from the first two films, potentially. Yeah. You know, technically, his, the first film was kind of his first thing that he's doing. Then the second one, he gets, ooh, this bag is not good, but this mask, ooh, I like this mask, it's working for me, and then boom. Part three, and then, yeah. Let me channel my inner, oh, here it is. There it is, the claw hammer. He's killing me. He's ki- That's horrible. Like, that's legit just, he's killing me. Run. Ugh. Ugh. My fight or flight would have kicked, yeah, there's still that he's killing me. That really bothered. It still See, bothers me. That still bothers me. Yeah, you're vis- you're visibly shaken. I, yeah, that, I don't know you're what it is. You're visibly shaken. Well, the, and then she goes back. Hey, she's she's brave, you know. But granted, for a man that she just met, not that day. I don't know if I. I well, I still I would not let that sacrifice go in vain. I, I, I would buy that extra yeah. couple of minutes of time jason is an artist you know when he starts a painting you know you don't want to interrupt him see i don't that's like that's what makes like this stupid decision trope like yeah it's just rough and it's like well how do they put it in there it's like okay that's fine here we go this is when she opens the second (laughs) now you couldn't walk over her you got to go back around and this is where, here it is, this is where the drawn and quartered. <laughs> That's so mean. Like, come on. There was, like, some just malicious intent uh-huh. when Jason was putting that one up. He's like, like, do you think he was giggling to himself? Hey, this is going to be great. She's going to flip her he, shit. He's actually still laughing from the whole corkscrew thing. Like, oh, my timing. <laughs> he's just, like, he's got that muffled chuckle. He's, like, under his mask, just that, like, pursed lip smile. Like, <laughs> I'm such a card. And just, like... <laughs> as, he's, as he's actually nailing up Crispin Glover, he's laughing and actually thinking, oh, if I could do this 94 more times, I'd have my theses. It's a little, little uh, I believe that's Lutheran reference, no. Knock on the doctorate of Jason Voorhees. It's like, well, his, his, he's got some very interesting views here on uh, safe sex. and Right. He's got a very anti-drug, you know, pushing that he's thing here. He's tough on moral values. Yeah, he's, it's a call. He's a make Crystal Lake great again. Okay, Ugh. yeah, he just pushes him right through. It is so gnarly. But again, it's cut away. Now, the other thing that we always end up getting in a Friday the 13th film, especially, is the crash through the wind mm-hmm. the other way. Yeah. Because we've already gotten one one person through, a dog through. And then the, then the and then we um, have thing. A, and then, so that's... Here's Rob. If you, if, you, if you need to know whether or not he was dead... So that's three and a half. And then yet another one. We get so we've got already an area for and Jason to go through. The hammer. There's four. It's insane how many again, like you mentioned, they must have had a hell of a deal on the sugar glass. Mm-hmm. And apparently Ted White said that, oh, now there's a good move there. <sighs> With the claw. Yep. There's a reason do. it's called a claw hammer. Uh-huh. Actually, that's a nice mm-hmm. shot. Yeah, he's is. legitimately the way he is. He's scary as Jay. The way he moves, and he scared the shit out of uh, yeah, yeah, Corey, Corey Feldman. Feldman because he hated Corey Feldman. He fucking needed like that little shit. I was glad to choke his ass. And what didn't he like scare him too? Like he did. now, there's a Dungeons and Dragons toy right there. That's a continuity error that fell off already. Previous shot. 
But again, shows you what kind of a level of dork, you know, that Tommy Jarvis truly is. And I never mentioned, I bet poor Tommy Jarvis got picked on a lot at school. Yeah, I bet. The horror the, fan that did kid. all that stuff. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like your mom's constantly getting you foam latex. It's Because again, that stuff doesn't buy itself. I think he's got, there's actually some, I want to say some Silverhawks toys on there as well. And maybe even a mask toy. A little mobile armored strike command. Why is it always that with the commentaries we end up so focusing? talking about the toys. Like, oh, I had that toy too. Especially in the 80s. Well, what better way to identify? Number one, we've got a kid. And then also you're like, oh shit, I've got Dungeons and Dragons toy on my thing. Right. It'd be that much scary if a madman with an axe is coming through. Oh, what if imagine Jason looks in there and he just sees all the shit and he's like, Oh, mm. you're kind of cool, kid. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. This will be right. a bittersweet kill. Yeah. I'll make it quick. But ultimately, this is resourceful and painful as all get out. That's the yeah. uh, the way Stu goes out and scream, if I remember right. Uh huh. And welcome to prime time, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Long live the new flesh. Yeah. Don't dream in for he. So, a slasher trope. Ooh. And the little bit of movement, movement there. That he's still alive. That's I That was that was good. I know I've probably noticed that before, but you know, when speaking on a commentary track, holy shit, that's very noticeable. Yeah. We'll watch we'll need to see how people react to that on the big screen. Because that's that was legitimately scary. But you have the moment, much like in Halloween and all the other ones, where he's down, he's out. Most people say, give him the coup de gras. Right. Get, you know, finish D- him. Double, double tap. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. But ultimately, no. Well, of course, you can't do it because it gives them a chance to move around. And also, that's suspenseful as all get out. Mm-hmm. That's Because that's the only way to go. Like, that's a great shot. That is a great shot. It's simple. It's... Yeah. Like, that still, to me, works. This is... It's not as scary as part two, but I still think this is a good... Look at that. Which one? Silky's yep. choice. Jason, you did the sinning, <laughs> and this is where you get the. And there we go, and then you from one place to another. Good transition, nice. <laughs> it's the fact that he's so much a runner in this particular film. Yeah. He's chasing him down, and that's got to be scary because he's a big dude. And here we and he go. Already... Here we go. Another. Let's just break the glass, guys. Five and a half in. Yeah. What is the Russian judge gonna give her? Oh, that's a uh, about a nine and a half. Aww. That's the uh, no-brainer half ganger, I believe. The pants off. And honestly, off. for the stunt person there, that was a hell of a rollout. Yeah, it was. And the fall flat on your back. And and Ted White can go. That was a good fall. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> Not bad. Mask off to you, kid. <laughs> but He's for, got his machete. <laughs> but for Jason, is that like a, a quality kill? Or is he still up there going, ah, shit. Yep, Fuck. I gotta go down. He goes, shit. <laughs> Taking his little notch off the machete. Uh, nope, not yet. Damn it, thought I had her. Premature kill. Oh, well. The ch- to the chase. <laughs> And what are we about? No, we're actually here just a few minutes away from the ultimate comeuppance here. Mm -hmm. And this is where child psychology comes into play in part two. Literal child psychology comes to play in part part four. four. Yeah. Where you have a kid that is trying to figure out, well, if I do this, then I can get into his head. And again, I get playing to the fact that with Jason, you can can play mind games. Yeah. 
I've always found that interesting, and I get, you get into more into that in the even ones because you have to because you can't out strength him. Well, or you can. Well, technically, you can out machete him, and yeah. we will see. Because yeah, this whoo, yeah, that, that was good. That was that good. was like, whoosh. even Jason was like, whoo, whoo, we got a live one here. <laughs> well, this also shows you when Jason is still technically a human because he's he doesn't want to get hit. Yeah, which because obviously, ooh. In oh. the in all the other ones, when he becomes a zombie, yeah, like this he's is, like fuck. This, it was. I remember the first time I saw it, I was trying to figure out what he was doing because it was just so weird. Like, why would you do that? And then when he comes down, he's scary. Actually, was scary looking when he comes through here, and just in the nick of time. Hey, oh, and I heard that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> he's, he, he's, he, Trisha's going to make it. Don't worry. <laughs> it's Here we go. It was intense because we both stopped talking. And we're like, yeah. oh, shit. No, yeah. Corey Feldman always gave me the heebie-jeebies like that. And he didn't officially shave his head. It is a bald cap, but it still looks good. And I think, actually, that adds to almost, get, almost dare I say, an uncanny valley kind of yeah. looking thing there. But again, now does Jason literally think he's looking at himself as of a kid? Of course. Is this course. is this that seed that was planted for part eight? I think. So. <laughs> yeah. Which the less said about that, that <laughs> kind of throws off this the even <laughs> the even uh, the theory there. No, uh, part eight has its uh, its fans. I definitely know that. Fine, I know a lot of people. That was the first one they saw in the theater. Uh huh. They're ca- literally they all speak to him. That's something that actually you never see a lot of the other people do. Just like straight up say, "Hey, listen, look at me, and let's talk." Do you think any of this could have like been solved with a conversation? Bro? Right, just like, "Look, dude, you've had it rough. Let me tell you what happened." <laughs> and here we get the great Boom. reveal. We also have to always get a face reveal with and each particular such one. Such a good face. Yeah, whole. This such is such a, a good. A, he's a salty vet at this point. Yeah, he has been ridden hard and put away wet. Because he's not hillbilly Jim like in two. No, he still maintains all the scarring and the damage from mm-hmm. the first two, the the previous two films, and he's legit scary looking. But here, the little wacka Jason thong that happens here, and his ultimate. Have you ever seen the enamel pin? With the, the sliding uh-huh, Jason Because like, this, Ooh. and again, you want to talk about, again, a death and narrative boom there with the blood flowing out. And then just another. Right here. And that slide and yes. just the eyebrow The eyebrow that, movie. Yeah, that's what sold it. Just the, aww. So gory, nasty, and final. <laughs> yeah. Quite literally for the, for the next film. and then It wasn't Jason. And no. then it wasn't until till six. six. That he's revived, but here he's still. This is technically the, and like you said, if this had ultimately ended the way it did, I'm good I'd be with, fine it. with that. This yeah. is a great final chapter, or as we find out, kind of the opening chapter with the Tommy Jarvis trilogy, which again, great way to watch it. And here we go, little bits and pieces they threw out, throughout, but they he knows at this point, like. Yeah, he's a student of horror. He is. <laughs> he totally is a student of horror. And he he's like, he sees uh, it and he reacts immediately. I love it. Nope. Fuck all that. Yep. I'm gonna be wearing my little Oshgosh little shirt. By gosh. I think that was an Izod shirt with a little alligator, the alligator there. Alligator, yeah. It's gonna have blood on the fangs now. <laughs> but this it's gonna be the eating alive gator. It's gonna oh be the God. sergeant. 
But this is also is ultimately where they they sh- should have. I think they could have taken the franchise where you have the mentally disturbed Tommy. Yeah. And is he the new Jason or is he not? Because you want to talk about going through some stuff I at mean, this age. Part five makes narrative sense. You can see what they were trying to do. And I really appreciate it. And again, the flash to white here. I really like when they do that. Because usually, especially the last three, they've always incorporated that dream sequence. Yeah, especially in two. And this one, no, we don't get that. It's ultimately just a little bit of give and take. But the what they leave us with, what it could have been, I think is great. And that's why I think ultimately, what does this film have? It's got 10, 11, 12 or 13 entries at this point. Mm-hmm. The franchise? or mm-hmm. Yeah. 10, uh, yeah. 11? Imagine a world where we only had four. Where this truly was the final chapter, we got we didn't get the Danny Steinman classic. We don't get Jason. We don't get Kane Hodder as Jason. I think the the horror world would be a sadder place. Yeah, there's uh, again this. I think the reason it died out in the '90s is because it could only exist in the '80s, and I, I and I love them. I love them. I just don't think we need more Friday the Thirteenth films. We need something different because we have these to go back to. These set the template up. I think I think there might be a couple more still some stories to tell. Really, like the whole Elias Voorhees arc and the whole, uh, you know, I like to see a little bit more, more of the same, but like you said, a little bit of something different, a little bit more. Well, you know, and crossovers. As and much seeing, maligned as it is, I am. We both are fans of Jason X. Yeah, this little freeze frame here, right there. Boom. That's where, and they they really do hint at that in part five, to their credit. Mm -hmm. And to their credit, technically, spoiler alert, Jason's not really part of it. Right. It's Roy. It's Roy. Which is very interesting in and of itself. But it brings us to the end here of Friday the 13th, part four. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I like how they do have to give every special appearance. Everybody, we did it, so uh, here you guys go. Here's your 10 cents for the uh, residuals there. Here's the sad card. Um, where does this one place for you, genius? I really enjoy it. I think it's definitely in the top five. Top five? Absolutely. Right it, there. For me, it's it's a shifter in my top three. I think it definitely deserves a place in the top three. I think if you're going to show someone a Friday the 13th film, this is a for good me, one. this is the one I'm going to show them. Yeah. I'm not going to show him part two because he doesn't have the mask, even though I don't think that's a detriment to it. But if I'm showing someone that's maybe, again, a normie, Mm-hmm. I think this gives you this some... This is an accessible one. It does. It gives you accessible. some of the great kills. Again, the, we, we've just been loving on it for the past hour and a half. But The greatest hits of the Friday the 13th franchise, even at the beginning. And yeah. if you want, and if you're like, oh, all, all horror is is butts and boobs and blood. Like, well, that's got it too. It, it, shows, it's, it shows its place in the pantheon of the horror franchise. Mm-hmm. And I think it's definitely uh, how you can do the sequel right. It knows it's not going to win any favors, but it... it does it still with craft and it did it so well that it again it didn't kill the franchise as much as they tried as much as they said jason is dead is the only reason savini came back was to kill jason Mm -hmm. you know i helped create him i'm gonna go ahead and kill him off look who worked in the crew kevin yeager yep makes back way back in the day Way, way back who made shit i mean his work is forever synonymous nightmare on elm street part three mm-hmm. he's been just doing phenomenal work and obviously when you uh when you intern with savini that's going to work really well um now this is definitely one of my favorites um now yeah interestingly enough they keep putting out the soundtracks on vinyl for all these films uh-huh. i don't want to say that they're all the same 
But a lot of these, you know, and I love Manfredini. You can only have so many variations of the same score because before it comes derivative. Very much. And I, I, the collective issue, I, it, that's what's going to bring me in, especially when they bring in the great artist. Um, but no, we'll see what happens. So hopefully you guys had fun with this. I know we did. Uh-huh. Um, especially if you want to get really crazy and you're listening to this on the day, sync this up with the, uh, the film. <laughs> right. As we're doing the triple, triple feature, we'll see how that plays. Um, Ooh, that'd be a... Uh... Junkheadception. Would it, I know? Would we like cease? To, what if we bumped into someone while they were listening to paradox. it? Paradox. Be like Ron Silver and Time Cop. <laughs> we always this chunting. We always claim a William Castle experience. I think that would definitely heighten it. So uh, until uh, the next Friday the Thirteenth, gang. Uh-huh. Uh, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, and we will see you in your dreams. It's gonna death kiss.